Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and in this episode, Winston and I discuss one of our all-time favorite board games, Eldritch Horror. While we mostly talk about this game, we also talk about the genre of Eldritch Horror itself and the influence of H.P. Lovecraft. We also, of course, talk about the amazing show, Lovecraft Country. No real spoilers in this one, and I at least hope it will be enjoyable to listen to, even if you've never played the game, and it may even inspire you to play. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, and a special thank you to our patron, Rachel Berman, who just upped her pledge to become a producer-level patron. Rachel joins the ranks of Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Caitlin Van Horn, Michael Beck, and Rebecca Joy Henrietta White, all of whom I would fight an elder god with. If you would like to join these mystical creatures and get access to all sorts of content for as little as $1 a month, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. And speaking of Patreon, if you are interested in supporting me in a different way, I did just create a personal Patreon that is not specific to this show. I imagine because you're listening to Pairing that you probably like it, but I know some folks are bigger fans of my acting work and other creative endeavors. So I created this Patreon as a place to share some of my other works in progress, be it acting, voiceover, narration, or my new video game obsession. Keep your eyes peeled for uh, some stuff I may have in the works. So if you are interested, go ahead and check out patreon.com slash I will put a link in the show notes to that as well. Without further ado, here is episode 88, Eldritch Horror. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's talk about today's topic, or tonight's topic, Eldritch Horror! (laughs) Should have lubricated the old throat Uh before uh I did that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, he was doing a little a little Cthulhu impression there. Um, so we're talking about. So for those of you who don't know, Eldritch Horror is a board game. True. Also a genre of fiction. Yes. Um, Based off of the works of one H.P. Lovecraft. Right. And Um, I think there are a few other authors in like who are his contemporaries, but he's large. The eldritch fantasy, eldritch horror genre, as far as I know, is is credited to him. Mostly to him. And then he had a lot of people who he inspired who have kind of taken it other places. Yes, definitely. And he was a super problematic person. Oh, he was a terrible racist. Oh, yeah. Yes, super Um, racist. Um, I was just reading about him a little bit. He's, uh... Yeah. He's... yeah, not not a great dude. Yeah, but he, and that and that is a lot of what Lovecraft Country, the show, is about. And I mean, Lovecraft Country deserves yeah. its own episode, but we might right. talk about it a little bit in regards to yep. this game. And also, I'm sorry to tell you this, but the 
fictional universes of both Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer 40K largely credit Lovecraft and are often categorized as eldritch fantasy or eldritch sci-fi. I did not know that. Particularly Warhammer 40K. I mean, they're also influenced by Lord of the Rings. They, they, I mean, look, they stole from a lot of people. I mean, a lot of their, (laughs) a lot of their stuff is inspired by H.R. Geiger's um, designs and illustrations. He was the um, guy who designed the uh, costumes for Alien, I think, or he was the artist whose work inspired I oh, I didn't know the he, Aliens. He, yeah, 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 that that sounds right. It's I based off he, of his work, yeah, not, okay. not that he designed it. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, that is but surprising yes, to me. Particularly 40K is um, heavily Eldritch-influenced. Um, the, the whole uh, tagline of the game is, In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. Oh. And the principal deities are the evil gods of chaos mm. who are only held in check by the divine emperor of mankind and a couple of, and you know a couple other beings but but the you know the warp is very much filled with demonic monsters like okay. how they how they go through warp speed gotcha. and it's very, it's very gotcha. like gothic all the spaceships are built to look like cathedrals mm. the only way human technology works is that these weird tech priests on mars make it all work Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, stop you sorry, before sorry. you go too deeply uh, into this because we're not talking about those games. We're talking no, no, no. about this game. But they do come from yes, the same, the same similar yeah. similar source. But so Eldritch Horror is our probably our favorite board game, or mm-hmm. it's, it's one of our favorite board games to play. It's a collaborative game, so you're not playing against each other. You're playing with each other yeah. to defeat an ancient one. You play against the board game itself. Yes, and it is. Designed to be very difficult, um, but also super, super fun. And I I definitely remember, like, when I first really got into the game and, like, figured out how everything worked. Because it's quite... I don't, I don't know yeah. if complicated is the right word. Yeah, it's we, complicated. We watched the Will Wheaton tabletop about it a few times oh, before yeah, for we sure. actually attempted for it. For sure. So basically, so I figure let's give like a little rundown of how the game works. Sure. We're not going to get too bogged down yeah. in that because First of all, it's... you you can watch the Will Wheaton yes. tabletop episode. It has Patrick Rothfuss in it. Oh, that's right. And, it does. Um, he explains the mechanics of the game very well. Yeah. You mean Will Wheaton does. Will Wheaton does, yeah. yeah. And, and Patrick Rothfuss is in it and they all play together it's it's, it's a delightful fun. youtube yes, show it's very fun that is on it's part of geek and sundry which is felicia day's um content yes company but yes anyway, go ahead anyway so eldritch horror is a collaborative tabletop game mm-hmm. and there are so the basic premise is you pick an ancient one or an elder god or an elder god they call them the ancient one in the right um and so the 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 four in the original game are Azathoth, Yog Sothoth, Shubnigurath, and of course, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. So, um, <laughs> the, the, there you go. Uh, so you get to choose from one of those, and and things are different depending on what you right. choose. So, uh, and and depending on how many players yeah. you have, the setup is different. And the game board is a map of the world of Earth. Yes, of Earth. Yeah, with um, several cities. That are identified by name, like London, or it's not New York, they call it Arkham, but San Francisco, Buenos Aires. I think Arkham's actually a fictional, I think it's 
a fictional city in Massachusetts, so it's sort of like oh, Boston ass. What I know it's that in Lovecraft Country. No, it's that in I believe in uh, because there's also Arkham Horror the game, yeah, which is made by the same company. Same company, and it takes it said it takes place in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Um, which makes sense because. Uh, Lovecraft was a New England person. He was born yeah. and died in Providence, Rhode Island. I have, I must but confess, not read all of his stuff. I haven't read any of his stuff. I'm um, gonna be totally honest. Yeah. I, it's just so much a part of like the only one I'm actually familiar with is the Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu. But like, it's there's the horror at Red Hook or something. There's yeah. something in the Mountains of Madness. He did a lot of those short stories. Yeah, um, he he lived he lived a wild life, or I mean, not n- wild, not, not in the party wild sense, in this, but it, like just in terms weird. of his like personal philosophy, yeah. and and he was a, an evil but interesting. He was sort of like emo maga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, emo maga. He wasn't like what I was reading is that he, it wasn't so much that he was like a white supremacist. He was a huge anglophile, specifically. Well, but he also felt that like. Black people and indigenous people were Should be like, kept separate. Were like yes. subhuman, yes. like barely. Oh yeah, I'm not trying to. Animals. I'm not trying to defend the dude. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Um. And he did marry a Jewish woman, interestingly. Yes. But he said something like she was well assimilated. Yeah. It's like yeah. really fucking disturbing. Yeah. Stuff. And he also so... had the like weird turn of the century prejudices against like Italians and Irish sure, people and Eastern yeah, Europeans. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, anyway, uh, he's he's a fucking weird racist dude. Yeah, but so, very influential. But very influential. But so okay, so so the game, and then you pick. Well, in theory, you pick one adventurer. Yeah. We often play just the two of us, so we sometimes yeah. play as two different adventurers yeah. each. Um, and that's kind of nice thing. It's nice in quarantine yeah. when we weren't able to like see friends or anything. We could play this game and yeah. pick two character and pick two characters yeah, and each and like, keep it a little more interesting. It's a fun like collaborative storytelling thing. Yes. Um, if your character for whatever reason dies, which is a frequent occurrence in yeah, the game, it does it does happen. Um, you just pick another one and yeah. start again. Yeah, and um, all the character the characters have wildly different um, abilities, abilities and backgrounds. There's a character I like to play a lot. His name is Jim Culver, Culver but I refer to him affectionately as Black Jazz Wizard. Yes, yes, uh, to the a, point where a... I've even written like fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, he has. It's pretty <laughs> great. It's, we'll we'll share that again if we can oh, find yeah. that. If, if I don't, um, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I'm sure the post is there somewhere. Yeah, I'll from see if a I can find ago. it. Um, I think I also I think we also recorded you reading it. Oh, that's right. I we should attach that. Yeah. We did. Okay, we'll we'll try to find that. Hey, everybody. So I just went on to my external hard drive and found this recording of Winston reading his Jim Culver fanfic, which, if you would like to hear it, is going to be available to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash pairing podcast. Um, I think it's really fun, and I think it's worth it to spend the $1 to pledge to the Patreon just to hear Winston read this. So um, go ahead and check it out. But yeah, so his... So, he's like a jazz trumpet player from New Orleans. Yeah, he's very Satchmo. But his, and... but he's his his playing is like magically blessed, so right. that it like soothes right. people. Because your two life stats in the game are health, which mm-hmm. obvious, and sanity, mm-hmm. which is sort of like it's sort of like magic points in a video game. Except if you run out, you die. If yeah. you run out of either one of those things, yeah. you die. Yeah. Um, and it's very. Um, 
It, I mean, we often refer to it. It's one of the games that's like D and D in a box a little it, bit. Exactly. It's like um, if somebody did a one-off D and D campaign in the for world, you in the it, world of Elder Horror. Exactly. Um, and so, okay, so let's see if we can. Well, but before we talk about all the different characters, let me let me talk a little bit because you were saying uh, that that's actually good timing since you just took a drink of your oh, yeah. drink. Um, you were saying that that was appropriate for this, and maybe oh, you can explain. Yeah, why. so I am instead of drinking wine, I'm just having a vodka with lime, and one of the reasons I'm doing this is because both in this board game mm-hmm. uh, and in um, at least the Lovecraftian influenced literature and media I've consumed. Alcohol use is very prevalent, mm-hmm. and it's because <laughs> hard liquor, specifically, yeah. is considered like the only way to cope with the mind-shredding, impossible horror yeah. that the characters witness. And so, in the game, there is actually an item card you can get that's just whiskey. Yeah, and it like and gives you, you you spend it to recover to sanity or something like at that. Any yeah, given time. yeah. Um, also, fun fact: I was because I was reading about Lovecraft a little bit earlier. Both of his parents were committed to psych wards. Oh, that which makes, makes a, a lot, lot of sense. sense. A lot of his stories center around the theme of like unfathomable knowledge, in the sense yeah. that like human beings' minds cannot ingest this knowledge or look upon the faces of these yeah, older or it will, elder gods or, it or drive you. It, it literally drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah. and that's a lot. And of what, obviously, Arkham, Arkham. Is yeah. a big. I mean, Arkham I mean, Asylum in Batman comes is, from comes Lovecraft. from this, right? Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So anyway, that's just a fun fact. Yeah. I am drinking wine. This is not necessarily a wine that I think is totally appropriate for for uh, Eldritch Horror. But um, basically, I was thinking any wine that's like kept in a wine cellar and like covered in cobwebs and is like yeah. maybe too old. Maybe you let it sit yeah. there too long. Like that, that is the perfect wine yeah. to drink. Your, with your this. casks of Amontillado. Exactly. He was definitely influenced by, by Poe and for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, but yes, cask of Amontillado. Um, I was also thinking about wines that are in and of themselves often described as like dusty um mm. and and it can happen in various different varietals it just depends on like the tannins and stuff in in red wine but dusty is definitely a term you can use to describe wine and that feels appropriate for uh for this i keep wanting to say lovecraft country but uh well, we'll no, get there we'll get to lovecraft country but so uh, I was just reading about this this wine region again today, or I just like saw a post about it on the internet, um, and I it's a it's a wine region that I haven't talked about in a while or had anything from in a while. That's a little obscure, not super obscure, but um, Priorat in Spain. Mm. Um, those wines that's in Catalonia. Those are the red wines mm. that are often made from actually from like French varietals. So uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm. Syrah. And then I think I, the, there are some Spanish varietals that are in there as well, but they're like very deep, dark, tannic, dusty wines. Mm. Um, they're really intense, often very high in alcohol, which feels appropriate for this yeah. game because it, it it's very it's very intense you have to i i do a lot of especially when you get towards the end of the game uh because at a certain point one way or another you're you're in a race against time and yeah the whole point and, is you're there are various win conditions but they usually involve solving a series of mysteries 
before um, this counter called the Doom counter yeah. reaches zero, at which point the Elder God awakens and you either automatically lose the game or, or you, you have, have a, to... a super difficult, almost unwinnable boss fight. Um, there's also a deck called the Mythos deck, and if you run out of those, right. you I think you just lose You the just game. lose, yeah. Um, and, and so and yeah. so at a certain point, if you're getting close to the end of the game and you haven't solved enough mysteries... It gets really intense, and and that's when my like strategic brain gets in, kicks <laughs> yeah. in, and I've been really proud of myself a few times that I've like figured out how we win the game yeah. when it seems really really difficult to do, um, and sometimes that involves letting your characters die. It's very sad, but uh, right. for the greater good. And yeah. <laughs> um, so so speaking of so 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 basic rundown of how the game works, every turn has three phases. Right. So it's like a more like a round than a turn. Yeah. So there's so there's an action phase, I think it's called. Or the, the player's turn. Yeah, the basically. player's turn. So, so you can basically like you can yeah. shop, you can move, you, yeah, can, you can buy do... a boat ticket, you can yeah. rest, which recovers one sanity, one health. Um, there's a number of actions that are outlined and you, you get to take two per turn. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm uh, Jim Culver, the black mm-hmm. jazz wizard, and I'm in New Orleans, which is one of the cities in the game. Yeah. And I decide for my first turn, I'm going to shop mm-hmm. and then I'm going to take the railroad to San Francisco. Right. And th- that's my turn. Yeah. Okay. And then let's say I'm Lily Chen, who's one of my favorites, and she starts in Shanghai. And um, and let's say I one of her abilities that's very cool is if she's like really low on her sanity, she can spend her strength to build her sanity up or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I've had to do that a couple times in the game that we're playing right now. Um, poor Lily's got taken a hit to her sanity. Um, and then I might shop or move or something. Or um, rest to recover additional health, Exactly, exactly. Then there's the encounter phase, and that's kind of like the meat of the game yeah. where, you, where you fight the monsters um, you, you confront puzzles. Yes, um, you you gain clues, which either which are useful in various different forms. Right. Um, sometimes you need them in order to solve the mystery, and or uh, you can spend them to re-roll a, a die. Yes, if you need to. And you have all sorts of items and spells, and then you have various abilities. Yes. Yeah. Um, as well. So so it's fun. There's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the last phase is the mythos phase. So you build this thing yeah. called the mythos deck. Which is basic. It's bas- the mythos phase is like the elder god's yes, turn. It's the game's turn. Basically. Um, yes. So you do your stuff. You encounter, like, if I went to San Francisco, I would have an encounter specific to San Francisco. It's got right. its own color and deck and right. cards that apply to it. Right. And or if you're on a random space, you pick a you pick one of the random space right. cards. Like a random and... sea space, a random wilderness space, or a yeah. random city space. Yeah. Those are the three kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, basically, the Elder God gets to go. And so something almost invariably horrible happens. To, every <laughs> to once everybody. in a while. Every once once in a while it's a good card yeah, and like but, something good will happen but that's the exception but that's the not exception the rule. and not the rule um and then there are also cards called rumor cards which just are there to mess things up even more so right. something will happen on a particular space and you yeah. need to get there and deal with that before something yeah. you know and eventually they, they time tend to be time out. sensitive yeah. and a lot of them are like if 
there are no more tokens on the rumor card, then you lose. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to kind of drop what you're doing. And Yeah. Like, so it's frustrating because you sometimes you might be on like a path to solve the mystery. So, oh, yeah. So there's like the mystery deck, mm-hmm. for, which is unique to each Elder God. Yeah. So And you so draw one at the beginning of the game. Once you solve that, you draw the next one and then you draw the next one. If you solve three of them, you win the game. Yeah. Almost um, always. Almost always. Yeah. You, I think you have to. I do think. That I think so. There the may game. be an expansion where that yeah, maybe. D- isn't the case. Maybe. But, but yeah, pretty much. If you solve the three mysteries before time runs out, or you lose to the elder god or yeah. something, then you win. And sometimes, and sometimes they're hard. Like sometimes you need to like collect a certain number of clues around the board, or like do something. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to fight a monster, like a tough monster, and yeah. beat that monster. Like a big, big boss battle. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, there's a lot going on, but it's, it's really fun. It's one of my favorite games. I mean, it's, that's what you're, that's what you're doing that night. If you're playing, if you're playing this game. Honestly, that day. Yeah. Like it's six an hour just to set it all up. Yeah. It (laughs) it takes a long time to set it up. And then they say it takes like three to four hours to play. But in my experience, at least if you play with more than two people, no, even if you play yeah. with two people, it's at least six hours, if not well, eight. Yeah. So we often do it in like two or three nights. Yeah, like you got to, um, there's a million cards and tokens and things to keep track of. You got to strategize with each other. And also part of the fun of the game is reading the flavor text and the encounters to each other. Exactly. And uh, if you if you, know. you are a D&D player or a role RPG player, yeah. then it's fun to then, role play a little bit yeah, as your characters yeah, in a non-offensive right way. Yeah, of course, honestly. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you know, for a typical encounter card will be like, uh, you hear, what was one we, we just had? It was like, you hear a sailor on the ship you're taking right. mum, uh, humming an old sea shanty to himself about a woman searching for her dead husband. You see if you can, uh, it sounds familiar to you, you see if you can recall what the song is about. In, um, and and, and you, then you, you test, test. A, a stat, and then if you pass yeah. the test but via a dice roll, it's like, ah, you realize that it's actually a song about Isis looking for Osiris. He teaches you the song, right. and now you're blessed. You know, so right. It, so there's and there's um, like different conditions that you get also throughout the game to make your life either rarely better. The only yeah. one that makes your life better is if you get a blessed condition, right. which basically means so when in the normal normally uh, only fives and sixes count as successes when you roll the dice and you roll four dice. Well, sometimes you get to roll more. Depending roll, on what the situation is. Your stat is. determines the number of dice you roll. Right. So how many chances you have to get a five or a six. Right. This is probably miserable to listen to <laughs> for some people. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're just, just nerding out we're on nerding this game. nerding out a lot. <laughs> Go watch the Will Wheaton one. That's yeah, fun too. Yeah. And you're back. And you're back. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get over the mechanics of the game and get into some of like the characters yeah. talk about and booze. stuff. And, and booze and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there are conditions like paranoia conditions, yeah. uh, leg injury condition, debt, like debt. Yes, it's uh, super super fun. All sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, um, and of course you you can get magic spells. Right. In addition to items, and almost invariably, when you cast a spell, there's some kind of consequence right. that you then have to suffer. Even if the spell's effects are really good, yeah, you, you usually... kind of have to pay the piper somehow, either right. by losing health right. or sanity. Or and something it's funny. Like it's funny. You usually pick characters that 
like are more lore heavy and like use spells more mm. and I tend to go for the beef cakes. It's true. And uh and like You like to play really... Silas Marsh. Silas Marsh from uh from, from Sydney, Sydney Australia. Australia. He's basically Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um <laughs> I do like to play as him. Um I also really like Mark Harrigan. Uh Oh, is he the soldier or the, the or the is he the no, Indiana Jones? No, type? he's the soldier, but he starts in like Finland or Russia or something, yeah. and so in my head canon, he's definitely a Russian spy. So I, I always well, play that's him. Trish. Trish literally is a Russian spy. Right, she, she is. She starts in Moscow. But I no, I th- so I think Mark Harrigan starts in like Finland or Norway or something, mm-hmm. and I just have this head canon that he's like secretly a spy. Anyway, it's fun. You get to you get to yeah. you know create these yeah. stories about your characters. There's a there's a an American white politician character from San Francisco called Charles Kane. Oh, obviously yes, Charlie after Charles Kane. Foster Kane. Right, right. And his, his whole thing is like he can like get all the like resources and then give them to other yeah, members he pretty of the much, team. In the, in the little card, he like pretty much looks like Winston Churchill. He's like a huge but, fat white man yeah, with a cigar yeah. and like suspenders, you know? But he's very, yeah, he's really useful because he can buy whatever pretty much yeah. and then give it to other people. Yeah. He doesn't like, he's not good in combat. He's not good in. No, he doesn't. In, he's, he's, he's not a fighter. No. Okay. So let's see. Let's see. Okay. So the characters we're playing as, we've got a whole girl squad going yeah, on got a girl in the squad. game we're playing right now. So um, as I mentioned, one of my players is Lily Chen. She's the martial artist, obviously. Yeah. Um, and she, I like her a lot. She's, she's very balanced. So yeah. she, uh, she's, she has like equal strength and sanity starting out. And um, so, so I find yeah. her useful both in combat yeah. and in other s- yeah. scenarios. So her thing is, she was like raised in a Buddhist monastery to mm-hmm. save the world or mm-hmm. something. She's like yeah. the chosen one. Yeah. Um, and then I'm playing as Lola Hayes. Oh yes, Lola Hayes, who is a famous actor. This also the game takes place in basically a, a fantasy version of the 1920s. So there's definitely. Yeah. Um, Unavoidable colonialist undertones, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, certainly in how absolutely. the characters are depicted. Yeah, there's definitely um, problematic things. I mean, that's about... that's Lovecraft, and and they yeah. they they try to put as much in without being offensive as they can. I think so. I think um, yeah. But so it's it's you know railroads and and ships and stuff. But uh, Lola Hayes is a famous 1920s actress who had like a psychotic episode, and so mm. she checked herself into a sanitarium which is a nice word this. for mental hospital yeah. in Tokyo. And she's right. just checked out at the beginning of the game. Right, right. And so she also has like a lot of influence because she's world famous. And right. so she can get items and pa- like pass influence-related uh, challenges more easily. Yeah, yeah. And then my other character that I'm playing, this is my first time playing as her, is Akachi Onyele, who is quote-unquote the shaman yeah, which is probably a problematic term to yeah, give her she's like a she's... vaguely zulu mystic shaman character yeah. from who starts in cape town they all yeah. start in different cities yeah and so she she's super cool because she can kind of teleport mm-hmm. um if she one of the things you have to do is close gates 
Um, like gates to other worlds. Yeah. So, which so, is where all the monsters. Yeah, and that's how the monsters from. come in. Um, and so she's cool. She closes a gate. She can teleport anywhere else. There is a gate or yeah. a clue on the board. Um, so that's been really fun. And she can kind of control where the, which gate is going to spawn next. Yes, too, that's her, one like, of her powers. abilities. Yes. Um, so I've been. You've played as her a few times. I've never yeah. played as her before, but I'm enjoying it. Um, and then my second character, because we're each doing two, which yeah. is what we usually do, like yeah. we said, yeah. um, is Jacqueline Fine, Fine, I believe her name And is. she is a psychic um, who starts in Chicago, right. Illinois. Right, And her thing is she can gather and disseminate clues from any player to any player anywhere right. in the world right. with her psychic powers. And obviously she's also like a magic user type character. Mm-hmm. So we each mm-hmm. have a, a magic user and then someone who's good in kind of like another, like Lily Chin's a yeah. good fighter. Yeah, J- Lily, um, Lily's the only one we have who's really a good fighter in this game. I normally yeah. pick, as mentioned, like Silas Mash yeah. or Mark Kerrigan. Yeah. Um, who are a little bit more beefy, but because we are playing against Yogg-Sotha, mm-hmm. who does a lot of mental damage, and right. you need spells to combat him. Yeah. Um, so we chose to go more willpower and lore heavy, generally speaking, yeah. with our characters. And I normally will kind of do that anyway is I yeah, like you... the more support style characters but also yeah, any but... character can can fulfill any role based on the equipment that they yes. have because you get access to weapons you get access to allies like mm-hmm. you can uh, there's a card you, an item card you can get that's hired muscle yeah and so you just have a bodyguard or like yeah and it gives you, you, you extra a, strength yeah, in combat you can or... get like a vatican priest who helps you yeah. maintain sanity yeah one holy fun, water yeah, one fun thing about uh eldritch horror stuff is it's like at least in the what I've consumed of it is that um, the Catholic Church is almost like always a big deal in it, mm-hmm. but God doesn't exist. Like the Christian God doesn't exist, yeah, and the yeah. and the whole Catholic Church is an organization that exists to conceal the real truth, which is that there are, there's magic and all these elder right, gods right. that are far more horrifying than the devil could ever be. Well, a lot of the time, the devil's like a neutral character. Yes, in these stories. Yes, and one thing again about Lovecraft um, that I didn't know is that he was an atheist, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it took him a while to get there. But right. but he. But it's reflected in most of his stories that yeah. like the Christian Christian God is not there yeah. to help you. Not there at all. Yeah. But there are gods and there is magic. It's yeah. just none of it is good. Yeah. Okay. So um so I actually so I picked I picked some wine pairings for our our ancient ones, our Ooh. elder gods. But before we get to that, I didn't plan this, but just based on the characters that we just talked about, what do you think each of our characters would drink? Okay. Well, I think think Lola Hayes is used to sipping champagne on a rich uh, producer's yacht. Definitely. She is. She is the cat's meow. If you ever seen that movie, yep. Um, She's she's that. She's hanging out with. Charles Foster King yeah. on his private boat. Yeah. And, and, and he's probably champagne. drinking whatever Winston yeah, whisk, Churchill. Yeah. I mean I mean he's um, Winston Churchill would start with a bottle of Paul Roger. Paul Roger. And yeah. then um and then move on to whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um but 
Yes, definitely. Um, it's funny because I don't think Lily Chen would actually drink, or at least she was raised not to drink. But but maybe but times but, be tough. But, but times be tough. Maybe <laughs> she can put down a bottle of sake. I think I think she can. Or um, she probably just drinks whiskey like um, like yeah, like Marion Ravenwood in Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> I think she's a whiskey drinker as well. Um, if she did drink. If she did drink wine, I think she would drink something like like a pre-rot, like something like really full-bodied mm. and heavy and high in alcohol. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's Lily. I think Jackie Fine probably is another character who wouldn't be a drinker. Yeah, probably not. But um, especially given that it's like Prohibition era. Right, um, right. But I think if she did drink wine, she'd drink like a nice crisp white like yeah a, like a dry riesling yeah or, or a pinot grigio yeah, or something, something like that something, something like light that. and easy and a kachi i think a kachi drinks sparkling rosé yeah why not yeah i think that's her i think that's her beverage of choice yeah she's like the oppression is bitter i yes, want my wine to yes, be sweet yes absolutely well it's not sweet it's just it's just fun mm-hmm. okay so we before before we move on to my elder gods, um, before we move on to my elder gods pairing, which I do I do like some of the ones I came up with. Let's finish talking about all the the characters at least in the first game because we have one of the ex- well we, we have, have two we have two of the expansions. One of them has extra characters, mm-hmm. um, including Hank Sampson. Hank Sampson. <laughs> He's the only one I remember specifically. Huge McMahon. Huge McMahon. Um, oh yes, so there's Silas Marsh, who obviously has to drink Australian wine, yeah, so of like course. a nice Shiraz. Shiraz. Um, definitely, he can put back a few bottles of that. Some rum. He's a sailor. Yeah, he is a sailor. Um, so probably yes, some rum. Um, as we mentioned, Charlie Kane, whiskey. There's Norman Withers, who's the astronomer. Yeah, he starts he's, in Arkham, I think. I think he does. Yeah. So he's like the zany scientist. Yeah, he looks like Patrick Rothfuss. Huge yeah, he does. Beard. And I think Patrick Rothfuss plays, plays him, him in, in, the, in, the, in the tabletop. We have rarely played with him. I think I played as him once. Yeah. And he's fun, but he's like... He's all lore and magic. Yeah, and, and yeah. Um, I mean, it's a perfectly fine character. I just prefer Jim Culver because he's yeah. a little more well-rounded and um, just I like I his think, lore better. Um, I think Norman Withers, I'm not sure what wine he would drink, but I'm, he's the kind of person who would probably mix two different wines together because like, he <laughs> yeah. loses track. Yeah, he just does reaches yeah, for whatever yeah, while exactly. he's reading a book. Yeah. Or I could see him being like very old school and still calling it claret. And having mm-hmm, like boxes mm-hmm. of claret that mm, you know was yes, donated to me yes. by the dean. On, yes, yes, you know, that's, yes, that's definitely tenure. possible. Yeah, he could. He either doesn't care or cares a lot, and right, I'm not sure yeah, which one it yeah. is. Depends on your choice as uh, the player. Yeah. Then um, I think it's Leo Anderson who's the Indiana Jones he, yeah, type he's guy. Like, he's the expeditionist. Yeah, he or does because you can do a thing where you go on expeditions, and mm-hmm. those are. Hard to solve encounters, but when you do, you usually reap some some game wide benefit. Yes. Um, um. And he he again, as I recall, is pretty balanced. Yeah. Like he's like sort of equal. In uh. Well, if he's anything like Indiana Jones, what I'm thinking is that like in the course of his adventures, he's probably had access to a number of like very rare 
and expensive yes. bottles of wine. But most of the time, he's just like yeah, he doesn't really care. Gin out yeah, of a bottle, yeah, definitely. Know? He's 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 got a flask on his hip and stuff like that. But he's probably the guy who comes into the wine store is like, I had this wine in this obscure place thirty years ago. Yeah. Do you have it? And my friend, the Nazi yeah, collaborator yeah, yeah. architect from France, <laughs> gave it to me. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you've seen the movie. You know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. No, I know what you're talking about. Okay, and then oh yes, Mark Harrigan, my the the soldier who mm. uh, I secretly think is a Russian spy. Um, he would be like very run of the mill, like simple Pinot Noir or yeah. Pinot Grigio or something like that. Trish and the spy. Trish the spy. She's super fun. She's either. Like straight vodka, or just like has all the wine knowledge because yeah. he's a super spy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I actually think Jim Culver's a beer drinker because mm. he's down in New Orleans, and I'm thinking after a long night of of playing psychically healing jazz music, that like a plate of plate of oysters or a po' boy, yeah, and a cold crisp beer. I could also see him though like really appreciating like a nice Bordeaux. The finer things. Like the Absolutely. finer things. Yeah, no, he's um, way more like worldly and cultured than uh, racist America will let him be at any given right. time. But exactly. Sat- Satchmo was, was also had a taste for the finer things I in think life, so, if I yes. Correctly. I believe also so. Also a tremendous badass. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then oh yes, there's Diana Stanley I believe. She's the redeemed cultist. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. She's, well, you know, I've played as her a few times when we've gone against Shub Nagurath because she's the, like, cultist Yeah, yeah. God. So she has, like, and, a lot of lore knowledge and a lot yeah. of magic power, but no willpower whatsoever. Yeah, and I think she, like, definitely drinks, like, cheap wine from yeah. the box. She's, well, but she screams rich girl to me, too. Though. Yeah. She's no, like, okay, I'm yeah, from a wealthy right, family. Right. But that, yeah. a lot of the time, rich people have no taste. So yeah, exactly. That would still yeah, work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, are we forgetting anybody? I can't. I think... The major... Because the character who's a nun is one of the expansion characters, right? Yes. Yeah, so I I think we got everybody. I think we got everybody. Um, There's also... Oh, I forget... I forget her name, but she's like the Vietnamese character in the expansion, and she's awesome. Oh, yeah, she's She's, like... She's like super... Yeah, she's like a personal assistant to somebody really yeah. powerful. But yeah, but she's, she's actually like, the, she's like, like Julie. She's in, the power behind the throne. Yeah, she's like Julie in uh, in Korra. Yeah. All the expansion um, characters have like extra abilities and yes. are even better than the base characters <laughs> because the expansion characters are like, or the expansions themselves are much much more difficult. Yes. So so you're like you know, this game is hard enough. <laughs> in theory, except for a few things because there is like extra stuff in some of the expansions but in theory you should be able to just like blend the decks together but i found that some of the cards from the expansion that we have which is the pyramids expansion yeah. it's just like so hard they're, they're just they're so, so hard so I, <laughs> I i take them out if we're not playing with the expansion but i leave the good stuff in <laughs> okay. look it's a hard game the game will teach you to yeah. cheat really yeah, fast yeah, yeah. if you're the kind of person that gets frustrated easily <laughs> yeah it's like oh that dice hit that thing oh yeah, oh, yeah. no the dice is cocked oh, yeah, yeah, dice is cocked. yeah 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 re-roll, re-roll. yeah <laughs> um yes it does get to that point um sometimes I'm sure that would frustrate a yeah. lot of you. But, the point um, of the game is to have fun. Exactly. Okay. 
So now let's get to my uh, my elder gods okay. pairings because I'm I'm sort of proud of yeah, a couple of them. them. Let it rip. Okay, so the first one is Azathoth, mm-hmm. and I think we've only played against Azathoth once. Or, really, only or one time? Maybe twice. Okay. But since we, because I, I think the first time we played this game, we played against Azathoth because in theory he's the easiest one. Yeah, to he's beat. like the one they. If it's the first time you played the game, they're like pick him. Yeah, because. You, for various reasons, he's the easiest one. Still challenging, though, so I believe yeah. we lost the first time we played, and then I think we played again and beat him, and I don't think we've played against Azathoth since. <laughs> but um, last night when we were deciding what Elder God to play against, you, uh, I was like, what if we played against Azathoth? Like, it's been a while. And you were like, no, nah, Azathoth is basic. And so because you you called Azathoth basic, I think that Azathoth drinks White Claw. White Claw? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> as you all know, I hate White Claw. It's true. <laughs> um, it morally offends me. I don't care if you like... If you like it, I'm happy for you. But to me... Hard seltzer is like morally offensive. <laughs> if you're gonna have um, seltzer with alcohol, mix it with hard liquor. Yeah, like an adult. just just do it yourself. Anyway, um, but I thought that was a pretty a pretty good. I like it. Thank you. Um, so Yog Sothoth, the one who we're playing against now, that one was actually the hardest for me to think of. But his thing is like he like dwells between worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, what are some wine regions that are like on the border? Mm. Um, so there's like Alsace in France, which is technically in France, but has been part of Germany. So a lot of Alsatian wine is very, it's much more similar to German wine right. than it is to French Alsatian wine. Alsatian Rieslings. Exactly. Rieslings, Gewürztraminer, stuff like that. See, I was thinking for Yag Sothoth, what is a kind of wine that Catholic uh, monasteries have traditionally made? I know there's probably more than one, but you know, I know there's also a Trappist monk beer, but I'm thinking specifically yes. about um, monasteries that grow. And they grow uh, so and the wine. most famous region for that is Chablis. Oh, okay, in, as far as I know, in Burgundy, okay. um, I know that monks. Definitely made wine in particularly Chablis. I think other parts of Burgundy as well. Hmm. Um, that's the region that I know best. I'm sure there are other regions in Germany and France that that yeah. is the case for as well. Possibly in Alsace. Yeah. I mean, I was but, in a Slovenian monastery. Sure, of all places, yeah. And they made wine. I mean, <laughs> but I don't know what kind of. I wine mean, they made. I think they didn't have a lot else to do, and yeah. so I think um, it used to be. I I forget where I saw this, but. At least in Britain, um, most monastic orders you were allotted as a as a monastic as a monk mm-hmm. uh, a gallon of beer a day. Mm-hmm. And that was in Britain, where yeah. I think there was a little bit more beer yeah. making going on. But yeah. there was there's a significant amount of alcohol that's allotted Definitely. to um, your monastic uh, brethren. And actually, you mentioned Slovenia. That was another region that I thought of for Yog Sothoth because there's um, sort of on the border between Italy, north northeast Italy and Slovenia, there's a lot of wine made there. So there's the region of Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, which is one of my absolute favorite regions for wine in Italy. Um, But then there's also Slovenian wine on on that border there. And Transylvania, which literally means between the woods. That's right. And was right on the border between the Ottoman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire. I sold a Transylvanian ice vine at the last store that I worked at. 
That's the only Transylvanian wine I've ever sold. But there are but, a, a wines, for, a lot of wines from Moldova and like Bulgaria too, right? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's there's lots of wine made in Eastern Europe. It just doesn't get yeah. exported. We talked about that a little bit with the Witcher episode, if yes. you'll recall. Um, but uh, but yes, that's a that's a good one too. The other region I wrote down, there's a couple other regions I wrote down. There's also Alto Adige, which is north central Italy, but that's also similar to like, or that's close to like Switzerland. Oh, yep. Um, and Tyrolia. We, mm-hmm, and they do, yep. And they do make, uh, they do make wine in Switzerland as well. We don't get a ton of that. And it's also kind of appropriate because that's where the Papal States used to be. Yeah, there you or at go. Least used to border that area. And the last region I thought of for Yogg-Sothoth was Corsica, because ah. I, like Corsica and Sardinia are like these two islands. Like Corsica technically belongs to France, Sardinia technically belongs to Italy, but they are sort of unique in their yeah. own thing, kind of between the yeah. worlds. Here's the fun uh, uh, Winston history rant. Yes. TM. Yes. Um, so Napoleon Bonaparte. Was, I've heard of him. Was born Napoleon Buonaparte uh-huh. on the island of Corsica. That's right. I did know and that. And when he first like made it big mm-hmm. was when he was appointed to command the revolutionary French army of Italy. Mm. And he, um, in fighting the Habsburg Empire, took possession of all of northern Italy, the Ooh. region that you were talking the Tyrolean region. Yeah, yep, yep. And actually even made the papal states pay a ransom huh. to revolutionary France, which, of course, they hated because no one was more anti-revolution than the pope, um, and created a North Italian republic. I forget the name he called it. It was a Cisalpine republic is what he oh, called okay. it. Okay. And like so wrote the sense. constitution by hand, but he was from Corsica and then he conquered that part of Italy. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's the really two regions together. It's really interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just had a thought, but I don't... Oh yes, I was going to say, um, I think I've talked about this on pairing before, but it's been a while if I have. One of my favorite wines, I actually love Corsican rosé. They make great rosé in Corsica. And um, they make also some great red wines as well. Um, frequently from the grape Neoluccio. It's either, I've seen it as Neoluccio or Neoluccio. And that... I've heard is basically the same thing as Sangiovese. Hmm. If it's not technically the same grape, it's very similar genetically and it tastes very similar. Um, And that one is also a very dusty wine often. So I think Hmm. bringing it full circle, Corsican Neoluccio, either as a red or a rosé, is a great um, option for See, I would have said Corsica and a couple other um, like island winemaking regions mm-hmm. like Assyrtiko from Greece. Yes, I was um, going to mention that later. Okay. For a different, I'm, I'm a different purpose. It, but but see, yes. I would have cast them for a couple different elder gods. We'll get to them in a second. I think I'll give we're, you my reasoning. I think, I think uh, we might be on the same page. Okay. But before we talk about that. Unless we're not on the same page, I want to talk about Shabnagurath, who's also who's like the cultist well, elder god, but also the goat. Yeah, and specifically, he's designed to look like some medieval depictions of Satan, with right. like the goat feet, goat horns. His cultists will frequently turn into these goat, goat monstrosities, people, yes. um, and so he's he's like. You do a lot of fighting when you play against him, so yes. it, it helps to have Silas we, Mosh and the other Burley I, characters. I think we have freak, 
we probably play against Cthulhu and Shubnagorov the most, yeah. I think, historically, we have done. Um, I'm really proud of my pairing, though, for Shubnagorov because I remembered there's a company in South Africa called Goats Do Roam. Aww. That's the name of the winery. And it's called that, Goats Do Roam, I think because there are, like, goats on R-O-M-E. the estate. R-O-A-M. Okay. Yeah. Rome. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how... That's that's how that's yeah. spelled. Um, but the reason I was wondering if it was a play on words. It is. <gasps> it is um, because it's a play on Cote de Rhone oh. because the blends are similar to the blends from Cote de Rhone in France, but it's in South Africa, and I believe that a lot of goats roam the estate I see. there. So um, I love that one, and I think that's very okay. cute. So I was going to say that. That could also be a good fit for Corsica because traditionally, Shabnagarath. yeah, because I mean, goat herding is a very sure, big part sure. of the economy there still. Sure. Today. Um, um, and also, I, I thought about it for Cthulhu, same thing with the Cirdecote because. Cthulhu is supposed to be slumbering beneath the sea. Exactly. And so I so thought I like did, volcanic. Yes. No, soil. I did have Corsica and Assyrtico both for Cthulhu because Cthulhu is obviously a sea monster, a sea god. Right. Um other other things I thought of for Cthulhu were Alberino because Alberino is on the coast right. of Spain. Or I was thinking like a Portuguese wine, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a Vino Verde. Um, I also said Provençal Rosé because that Provence is right on the coast there. But you were just saying this, saying volcanic. Got to go with Mount Etna, Etna region in Sicily. I think that's perfect. perfect. Etna Rosso. Etna Rosso for Cthulhu all the way. There you go. There we go. go. There we are. There we are. Um, And then um, I know we haven't talked about him very much, but Yig is like the snake, the snake god, god yeah. and super difficult to beat. Really hard. Really, really hard. And that's one of the expansions we have. Um, and for some reason, I think Yig would like a good Riesling. Okay, yeah. That's my... I can see that. Yeah. I could also see Australia, Australian wine, because Australia has so many poisonous, so many poisonous things, things that can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> um, or again, I could see like um, some form of Southeast Asian rice wine. Um, yeah. Just because Southeast Asia, you're going to run into a lot more snakes. Yeah, that's that's um, definitely oh, oh, true. Oh, okay. So actually, um, Brazilian or Argentinian wine. Oh might yeah, also work yeah, for yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I know Brazil's more the the Amazon. But... Yeah, Brazil. We could do like a caipirinha with. Yeah. Uh... Although actually, Brazil or Argentina might work for a, a Shubnigurath too because um, the Pampas is like a huge ranching. Oh area. yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Well, that's true. Actually, Argentinian Bonarda is uh, famously paired with with goat in Argentina. Oh, cool. So that's another good one for Shabnagaroth. See, so many options. Right on. (laughs) Pick pick your elder god and we'll give you we'll give you some delicious wine to drink with him. Yeah, that so that's all I had prepared. Well, I um, I just finished reading uh, the a new uh, a new N.K. Jemison book called oh, yeah. "The City We Became," mm-hmm. which is an explicitly eldritch horror themed fantasy. I'm very set excited to read it too. Modern New York City, right? And basically, I'm not going to give you the whole rundown yeah, of the book, don't. but <laughs> yeah. But the the long and the short of it is that cities are these trans dimensional 
reality compacting mm. um, living entities that are represented by individual human avatars. And Ooh. so like the mentor character who's like there to help um, is Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, and right. so his thing is he smokes a, a particularly stinky ass kind of Brazilian cigarette. Mm. And at one point they're trying to revive him and they find like a specifically um, uh, Brazilian chocolate that Yum. nut or chocolate like espresso bean mm -hmm. that they're feeding him and because mm -hmm. like the things of the city are what give the avatars power cool so at yeah one it point, sounds very yeah. from what you've described to me it sounds very like eldritch horror meets american god it's it's uh, that's perfect description yeah. of it yeah um yeah because i mean like at one point manhattan is trying to fight one of these eldritch monsters and he like starts throwing money at it because oh, nice. he's manhattan yeah, right, <laughs> and so right, he like right. he uses his debit card to like slice through a bunch <laughs> of the tentacles and stuff. that's really funny um, and you know the same for each borough has an avatar and so this is about like new york is being born as a city because enough yeah. different human realities are collapsing coalescing into uh, like one living entity yeah and, uh, hong kong is also personified in the book and he nice. appears and they talk about like oh like we don't want what happened with new orleans and port-au-prince and london to happen again you know mm. like all this mm. different stuff um, but it's really fun, really fast read. It's about 400 pages, and I think it took me like a grand total of six hours to yeah, read you, the book. Yeah, you tore through it. Um, I haven't read that book, so I can't speak to it. But I, I maybe we can finish by talking a little bit about Lovecraft Country, yes. which um, is a brilliant show. And I and, guess a one-off series at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, unless somebody picks it up, because apparently they had renewed it, but then were like, Never mind, we take it back. Um, so it's, I very much hope that even if it's not on HBO, some somewhere it gets picked up or they make a movie or something. But it's a brilliant show. I really want to rewatch it as well because there's so much in there because on top of having all these eldritch Lovecraftian elements, as the title says, it also deals with a different level of race and racism in America. Yeah. Um, and specifically, like how it's not limited to the South and yeah. was is everywhere. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I also think it one of the things that's cool about it is that the 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 demonic horror that the human brain can't uh, accommodate in Lovecraft Country mm -hmm. is white supremacy. Yep. Like, and you think about these debates about so-called critical race theory yeah. and wokeism, which is now pejorative. It's very appropriate that it is used initially by marginalized communities to yeah. describe understanding that your oppression yeah. is systemic. Yeah. And then white people learn about it and their reaction to it is so violent, it's mm -hmm. like it broke their brains. Right. They're like, I would right. rather shut down school than learn that there's systemic yeah. racism yeah. still operating in America today. How dare you say that the ghost of this dead white man wasn't a perfect angel? Right. And it just breaks some people's minds. Yeah. They would rather reject reality entirely yes. than acknowledge that there are things that need to be undone and redone or at the very least improved. And, yes. and that colors a lot of American society is just we live in like a fractured reality born of some unpleasant truths that some people would rather not acknowledge. And I would say that I would love an expansion of Eldritch Horror 
with the characters from Lovecraft Country. So like you could play as, oh my God, I'm going to forget their names, but Journey Smollett's character, Jonathan Major's character. And, um, oh God, I forget the actress's name, but she's brilliant, the one who plays her sister. So I I think that would be really fun and would be a, a also a great way. I again I saw this article I didn't read it but basically saying how I think black creators and black storytellers are kind of the future of horror, the horror genre in this country because they understand the like between Jordan Peele and Misha right. Green and Lovecraft Country we're getting American horror stories not right. related to the show um in a in a whole new and deeply yeah. fundamentally uh important yeah. way structural cosmic forces right. designed to rob you of your personhood and identity yes um, um also solidarity to all my uterus owning comrades uh, um yeah. as the Speaking of supreme horror, court in yeah. a most cowardly fashion uh, basically overturned Roe v. Wade last night um, in the dead of the night yeah. without even saying anything. Yeah. Um, you can always come to New Mexico. Yeah, uh, we're I here. Will, I will lay it in bet your abortion care, and anyone who wants to try and stop me would be unwise. Yes. Um, um, anyway. That's, that's On that light note. On that light note. <laughs> um, also, Eldritch Horror is a super fun yeah, game. Yeah, you should buy it. It's great. Um, also... Um, we I did give you a panic attack that one time when I played sure. Southern Gods, the audio book. That's oh, an Eldritch yeah. inspired. I totally, I totally, yeah. He novel. played it while we were like staying in this cabin on Cape Cod, and it was like pitch darkness, no lights anywhere nearby, yeah. and I kept hearing like rustling outside at night. I nearly, I nearly. Uh, yeah, we had to turn it off. Yeah, we did have to. Um, I should have turned it off long before I did. It's interesting. <laughs> it, it starts as like a hard-bitten Southern Gothic noir story yeah. and then quickly becomes an eldritch horror story. I think there's and some... emphasis I think there's, on the horror. I think there's some some overlap in, between those genres a little bit. Right. Um, and that deals but... with the eldritch uh, elder god Hastur. Mm. Um, and mm. there's actually a good guy god in this one, oh, and nice. it's Mithras, Mighty Mithras. Oh, love Mithras. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, I think we've sufficiently overwhelmed you with information about this game. <laughs> um, I hope it was somewhat fun, and that you're, if you haven't played the game before, you uh, might be excited to do so. Um, as as knock on wood hopefully we're able to gather together more in person it'll be fun to have more game nights and i am personally looking forward to that though i am trepidatious that it will happen anytime soon unless uh people you know right get vaccinated and uh etc sure. etc oh i do want to make a brief shout out for the um uh... Winston's history rant TM. Yes, uh, I think I think we should start uh, a, a a a a tradition that uh you know everybody listening you have to take a drink even if you're at work I know some of you listen at work you've got to take a drink of something every time Winston mentions Napoleon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to mention the podcast The Age of Napoleon. Yep, yep, I knew it was I've coming. Yep, yep, yep. To <laughs> and very much enjoying. That's why I knew what take the Cisalpine Republic <laughs> was. Um I think the guy's name is 
Everett Runich. Rin, he's uh, he's doing a wonderful job. I'm uh, just now getting caught up on who Horatio Nelson is and all that stuff, oh, and man. it's 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 super tight. And if you have any interest in that kind of history, it it's it's wonderfully it's a wonderfully told and well researched podcast. So give it a subscribe and a listen. Uh, you won't run out of of good history content anytime soon. There you go. All right. All I right. think we're. Uh, I think uh, we. You know, we could we could keep going into the details of the game, but I think we'll spare you that. Yeah. And Let we're, you find out on yourself. Yeah, and we're gonna go continue playing our game that we have started and see if we see if the girl squad can uh, beat yeah. Yog Sothoth. Yeah. Cheers. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.